This year will mark eight years since my grandfather passed. The homestead certainly has grown since then. And my hope is that if he had the opportunity to walk down my driveway one last time, he'd be proud of what he'd see. And that in fact, I have kept up the good work. This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. Welcome back to another episode of the Homestead Journey Podcast. My name is Brian Wells. I am coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York, and this is episode number 131. I am recording this episode on Memorial Day weekend. Those of you watching this on YouTube will see I'm a little bit disgusting looking, maybe a little bit more than usual, but very sweaty and whatnot. I've been out trying to get my garden planted, but wanted to get this episode put together and out. It probably will be a little bit shorter than usual, but without further delay, let's jump right into this week's Homestead Happenings. I'll bring you up to speed with what we've been doing here on 3B Farm and Homestead. So the first thing I want to share with you is that I really need to go back like a hundred and some odd episodes back and re-listen to episode number 27, where I talked about the importance of keeping good records on the homestead. Because my failure to do so really came back to bite me in the butt this week. I had put markers on the trays that I used to start my transplants, except that I used wooden markers and some of them kind of sucked water like a wick up into them. And it caused the ink that I used to bleed and mark some of the things a little bit, well, a lot illegible. Of course, I do have a backup plan. In the past, I've actually written down on paper what I had put into those trays. But this year, in my haste, I did not do that for every tray. And of course, the trays that were in question were the trays where I had that problem. So I am hoping, fingers crossed, that this week I planted a row of 12 paste tomatoes and not a row of 12 cherry tomatoes. I will be very, very upset with myself if I planted a lot of cherry tomatoes, but I really had no idea and no way to figure it out except through process of elimination. And I think I guessed right, but certainly we'll see in a little bit. (laughs) So I need to go back and listen to episode 27 again, the importance of keeping good records. I took the transplants up to my dad for him to use what he needed. And he was calling me multiple times because he couldn't read my handwriting. So yes, twice I was reminded this week of the importance of keeping good records on your homestead. And I certainly did not practice what I have preached, but I am getting garden planted. I do have the raised beds almost all the way planted. Things are really starting to pop up there, which is very, very exciting. 
I have a few squares left to plant, but what I've decided to do is wait until I get the transplants back from my dad and whatever he didn't need. Then I'll just start dropping stuff in the ground there, as well as in the Ruth Stout bed. There's a couple of areas where I have left them empty in anticipation of having some transplants remaining from my dad. But the raised beds are almost completed. I'm very excited about that. And so this weekend I moved on to the Ruth Stout bed. Now, quite frankly, I hadn't really paid as much attention to that as I should have. And so there was some weed issues there that I really needed to address. I took care of that yesterday. And then today I was able to get all of my potatoes planted. I was able to get my cucumbers planted and I was able to get all of my winter squash planted. I have melons left to plant up there. And then I will be putting a variety of different transplants, whatever basically we have left will go up there as well as some sweet potatoes. I think I'm going to try putting some sweet potatoes up there again, and we'll see what we get. I don't know if it's the best place for sweet potatoes. I tried it a couple of years ago and I failed, but I think I'm going to give it another whirl and we'll see what we get. But very excited to see the garden really starting to come together. And hopefully soon, within the next couple of weeks, we will start enjoying the harvest. The lettuce is really starting to uh, come into its own, as well as the radishes. And those are always kind of the first things that we get from our garden. Although I do have some asparagus up, which is very, very exciting to me. But I am letting the asparagus go for a couple of years before I start harvesting, which is really what you're supposed to do. I think you're supposed to wait about three years on asparagus. And this is year two for us with our asparagus. So soon we'll be enjoying that, but not this year. Our rhubarb is ready to harvest. I can start harvesting that this year and I really need to get after that. But I've been so focused on trying to get the garden planted as well as some other things that I've had going on in my life. And so hopefully this week, maybe we'll get some rhubarb harvested and maybe get some rhubarb jam, which I absolutely love. Maybe get some strawberry rhubarb jam in the jars and we'll just start really enjoying the harvest and the hard work that we've put in here on the homestead. The last thing I wanted to share with you is that yesterday we did my least favorite chore on the homestead. I've shared this with you before. We castrated pigs yesterday and folks, it was absolutely miserable. And I'll tell you the reason why it was absolutely more miserable yesterday than it normally is. And that's because I waited too long to do it. Again, life has just happened, and so we were dealing with some pretty big pigs to castrate. My son was a trooper. I did put some pictures up on social media of him with earmuffs on because it was just worse than usual, but we got the deed done, and so we will move on, but oh my goodness, folks, I just hate, 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 hate that task. By far and away, my least favorite task on the homestead, but it's over with, done with for this year. Well, I can't say it's done for this year because who knows how many surprise pig litters we will have from the various escapes that I've shared with you over the last several weeks. But at least for now, that task is done. And for that, I am very, very thankful. All right, without further ado, let's jump on over to this week's Charting the Course. As I record this podcast, it is Memorial Day weekend, and I believe I've shared with you in the past that on Memorial Day, our tradition is to go visit 
my grandparents' grave up in Moncton, Vermont. We usually will go up the eastern side of Lake Champlain, we'll visit their grave, and then we take the ferry across Lake Champlain, and then we come down the western side of Lake Champlain. And it's a beautiful, beautiful drive, and it's a great way for me to really reflect on my grandparents and on the legacy that I am so proud to carry on. And so today's episode is really going to be a reflection on three lessons that my grandfather, that my papa taught me. The first lesson that comes to my mind is a lesson in frugality. My grandfather was someone who took reduce, reuse, recycle to a new level long before it was cool. (laughs) And I have benefited from that. And I continue to benefit from that to this day. I have screws and odds and ends in my garage that were left over of things that he had kind of saved and screws that he had taken out of boards and nails that he had saved and straightened out because that's the kind of guy he was. He was somebody who was extremely frugal because he didn't have a lot of money to deal with. And he also grew up in the time of the depression. And so that really was a mentality that carried through with him through his entire life. And so I've really been able to benefit from that, but it was also a life lesson that was modeled for me. And I am very, very honored to hopefully carry on that tradition. And so sometimes I like to say that when people say I'm being a cheapskate, I just say, no, I'm being frugal. (laughs) The second lesson that I thought that I would share with you that I learned from my grandfather is the importance of involving family in homesteading activities. I've shared with you before that some of my fondest memories as a child were going to my grandparents' house as we would get together as a family and spend a Saturday putting up corn or spend a Saturday doing up chickens. And it was always just a really, really great time of working together as a family towards a common goal of preserving the harvest for us to enjoy throughout the winter. I remember many, many wonderful evenings sitting on the back porch, shucking peas, snapping beans, and just having a great conversation with my papa. And as you might remember just a few weeks ago when Brian Jay shared on the podcast some of his favorite memories, he shared with you that some of his favorite memories were seeing us get together as a family at Papa's and to preserve the harvest together. And so that's certainly something that has stuck with me. It's something that has been very meaningful to me the importance of involving your family in this idea of raising and growing food. The third lesson that my grandfather taught me is that legacy matters. And that's something that I really have really tried to take to heart. And I've tried to do that through a number of different ways. First of all, I have a lot of my grandfather's things, and they're very, very meaningful to me. My entire fixed coop is built around a door from his chicken coop. I literally got that door and designed my coop around that door. Inside that coop is a feeder from my grandfather. It's the nesting box from my grandfather's coop. Around our homestead, there are so many different things, whether it's feeders or his wheelbarrow or tools. There are so many things that we use to this day, out around our homestead that come from my grandfather. 
inside our house, we repurpose some of his things. His potato boxes are now our TV stand. I took the jelly cabinet that was down in his basement and I rehabbed it a little bit and it's now our pantry. I have his cast iron skillet, his squeezo, his canner, his jars in our living room. One of our footstools came from his house and one of our chairs came from his porch. And I remember after he had moved up to my aunt's house, but he would come to visit us. I remember him looking around at the things of his that we had and he would look at them and he would smile. And many times he would comment to us, I never thought anyone would want my old junk. But, you know, it's not so much that I wanted his old junk, although I do appreciate it. I love having it around and I enjoy using it. And every time I see some of his quote unquote old junk, it certainly brings a smile to my face. But that that old junk represented something to me. And that was an opportunity to carry on the family legacy. And every time my grandfather would visit, as he would get ready to leave, he would look around and he would always say to me, well, keep up the good work. This year will mark eight years since my grandfather passed. The homestead certainly has grown since then. And my hope is that if he had the opportunity to walk down my driveway one last time, He'd be proud of what he'd see, and that, in fact, I have kept up the good work. That's it for this episode, folks. If you'd like to reach out to me with any comments, I can be reached at brian at thehomesteadjourney.net. And until next time, keep up the good work.